1: That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Impact Wrestling Bound for Glory 2022. Post show review here on Fightful. I'm Denise Salcedo, and today I'm, still, I'm joined by Steven Jensen. And we got a pretty good show to talk about here today. Uh, there's going to be some couple of interesting topics, I think, to get to because, uh, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that a secret right now. I'm going to keep it a secret. But before we get started uh, for today's show, first and foremost, welcome to everyone who's joining the stream right now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Just a heads up, if you guys want to help support the stream, help support the show, you are more than welcome at any point throughout this entire stream to send your comments and keep the chat lively. But if you want to make sure you get your questions, comments, or statements read on this podcast, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat. A super chat gets your comment read. And on top of that, just supports us so, so much. You can also send in a Humper Chat. We appreciate Humper Chats too. Uh, we got Luis keeping us uh, updated on all of those. So if you do send in a Humper Chat, uh, we will make sure to read all of that here today. And once again, for Humper Chats, you can go to humperchats.com. Very easy get your Humper Chat send in and all of that. But we got a, you know, a great show to talk about. Obviously, Bound for Glory being one of the biggest, the biggest impact wrestling show of the year. And things were a little bit different this time. We didn't get to watch the show on a weekend, but rather on a Friday, which is why we're here the following day, because it has been a loaded weekend of pro wrestling period. And the weekend is still not over. Later on tonight, Sean Ross Sapp and I will be here to, cover extreme rules so there's just a lot going on but steven uh before we get into the in-depth analysis of impact wrestling's bound for glory uh what did you think overall of the show
2: i thought it was a good show i thought like especially the last two matches were like fantastic which we're gonna get to but um i thought everything was solid some of the stuff it uh, was a little you know maybe a little short but at the same time like if the trade-off was the main event and the co-main event we got with that time, like I'm okay with that trade-off. You know what I mean? So like we'll get into all that. Also, it was great seeing you at Jeremy and the EP's wedding. So that was awesome. Finally meeting in person. got to see Denise and, um and also, yeah, later today, like I can't wait 6 PM Eastern. I'll give them a plug right now. GCW. I can't wait to watch that today. So we had GCW, we got WWE. Great weekend for pro wrestling. We talked some impact. Obviously we had AEW last night. I mean, Smackdown a lot of stuff going on so uh yeah a lot of good wrestling and like I said overall I thought this was a solid show but like the main event and the co-main event I thought were especially like fantastic
1: I can't wait to talk about that, especially because here's the thing, and I'm just gonna say it right now. And I think some people will be able to predict what it is that I didn't like. There was one particular thing on the show that I absolutely did not care for. And I will talk about it later today, but it was one of those rare. Uh, I feel like for the most part, when you and I, Steven, we come onto these shows, we're like, yeah, this show is so great. Oh, this yeah. match was so great. Everything worked out the way we wanted it to. I didn't feel that way about one particular Particular thing on today's show. Um, so there was this was this was a show that was great top to bottom in terms of the wrestling. But I did think that they had one huge miss, and we'll talk about that later. But also, I want to point out because nobody can see it, I'm finally wearing my Impact Wrestling shirt. <laughs> I've been I've literally been saving it uh, to wear it for one of these post shows. So we'll get to that in just a hot second here today. Um, all right, so. Let's do this. Let's get right into the opening of the show uh, with our opening match for the main card. And that was Frankie Kazarian versus Mike Bailey for the X Division Championship. So um, I'll start off by saying this, Steven, and then we'll kind of just go a little bit over what we saw here. You and I have constantly been on here coming coming and talking about these matches that Mike Bailey is having ever since you know, he uh, stopped being banned from the United States and got to you know, come back. And obviously, he's been literally busting his butt in the Indies. He's been working everywhere left and right. I've been seeing him a lot on GCW as I'm sure you have too. But his work on impact wrestling has literally just like steadily gotten better and better to the point where I don't think I recall ever seeing a bad Mike Bailey match. And this match with Frankie Kazarian was an absolutely awesome opener. Uh they had so many great spots in this. I can't even like point them all out, but some of the highlights that we saw in this included a really awesome uh corkscrew uh corks, corks, corkscrew shooting star press from Mike Bailey, a really great moonsault. and I feel like the thing that I really want to point out um about this match is that Mike Bailey was the one doing like all of these big uh really cool spots right like he was the one doing all of these cool spots but not once in this match did frankie kazarian look like he couldn't keep up he kept up with mike bailey so much and this was such a different this was i don't know how else to say it but like you know when we saw bandito and jericho like it was awesome right but there were some little pauses there and there here and there right With Frankie Kazarian and Mike Bailey, we got just like a very smooth wrestling match that was just like flawless, just flawless in terms of like not at at any point did I think Frankie Kazarian couldn't keep up with Mike Bailey. Anyways, on top of that, we did get to see uh, Kazarian get the win in this match. I want to ask you first and foremost, Steven, how did you feel about the opener and how did you feel about Kazarian actually getting the win here?
2: So I thought the opener was great. Like, honestly, when this match happened, I was like, you know, it's going to be tough to top this. I, th- I thought for like the rest of the show, like they were setting a pretty a pretty high bar right off the top. And you come to expect that with speedball. Like you just said, all of his indie work and, you know, everything he's done in Impact since coming into the company, he, he never misses. Um, and he's a guy who I've said it a lot over the year, but like we're in October right now. And I think he has a legitimate case for best wrestler of the year, like in any company. Um, I know he doesn't have as high profile stuff as like some of the stuff you'd see in like in AEW, WWE, that kind of stuff. But like if you're following Strictly just hit the matches he's had over the last calendar year up to this point, he's he's way up there on my list. Um, I thought that psychology of the match was really good. Like cause Arian was going for that crossface chicken wing over and over again. Um, I thought the match was over when Speedball hit Ultima Weapon. Like I thought that, that was it. Um, and then when Frankie kicked out, you know, my mind always go in a moment like that. My mind will always go to like, okay, do they have another finisher? And I immediately I'm like, he's a, he has the flamingo driver. Okay. He'll just put him away with the flamingo driver. That's going to be it. And then Kazarian like gets out of that. They still have some more of the match. Kazarian hits a flux capacitor off the top rope, goes old school with it. And like, that's how he I won mean, his
1: first, that's how he won the first time for the X Division title. So it was one of those things that it was like this nice throwback of like, holy shit, can he do it again?
2: Yes, big callback moment. So, um, And then ultimately, you know, Speedball has to tap out to that crossface chicken wing after Kazarian had been going for it like the entire match. So um, now, okay, personally speaking, I prefer to see like Speedball just keep that title and just keep having bangers. You know what I mean? Um, not to say that he won't continue to do that. Maybe they'll move him up towards like the main event title scene after this or something because he deserves to be heavily spotlighted in my opinion in the company. Um, but that said, like, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect Cesarean to win. And there, there is a lot of different possibilities you can go with uh, from here with him win that title. And I do think it threw a lot of people off not and not necessarily in a bad way. It was just a lot of people on Twitter were like, wait, Kaz won? What the, I didn't expect, it. you know, just didn't expect it. But then when, when you think about it, you're like, Why not though? Like, I mean, he's still kicking ass, you know? So, I mean, it was a great match. I I love the opener.
1: And here's the thing too. It's like, yeah, I wasn't expecting Frankie Kazarian to win uh, at all either, but legitimately because uh, they clearly, based off of this match and, you know, some of the other stuff that we've been seeing from Frankie Kazarian, obviously we haven't been seeing him, you know, as consistently, but we've still been seeing him, right? It is one of those things where it's like, he can still go. And even though it was the, I guess, lesser expectation going into this match. Uh, I still think like it was a good, like a good callback to like have Frankie Kazarian actually win this. And I think it kept us, you know, in a way it kind of, uh, in hindsight, like looking at this, it's just one of those things that personally, it kind of set a little bit of the tone for the night where there were a lot of things that you weren't expecting to end up happening on the show that ended up happening, right? So I did kind of like, I did like this. I'm excited to see what Frankie Kazarian is going to be, you know, doing in this, you know, new, you know, this new, I guess you can say this period of his life right now that Frankie is in, you know, obviously he's an older guy, but it doesn't matter. Like he's still going out there and having banger matches like we saw here today. Um, On top of that, there was one more thing that I wanted to add to this. And now I just completely left my mind here. So I'm going to get right into the super chats here right now. Uh, this is from Lake who says freaking Frank Kazarian uh, showing age is just a number and he's still putting on awesome matches. This is completely and utterly factual right here man okay this was the thing thank you so much because this is what i was thinking about right now like frankie kazarian like we mentioned is showing that like blake says showing that age is just a number right and he's going out there and he's having this freaking awesome match with mike bailey who literally makes like he mike bailey makes it seem like you and i can step into the ring and do all of the cool shit that he does legitimately because he makes everything look so easy right but um the thing that i was thinking about while i was watching this match is there's a lot of guys you know over in AEW that for the most part some of those guys just get to be on AEW Dark or or Dark Elevation and you know maybe don't get to always be on like Dynamite and Rampage. I feel like if I was one of those guys that isn't consistently being seen on Dynamite or Rampage that I would kind of you know maybe ask to go over to Impact and you know work with some of these guys uh and just get a little bit more of you know this uh experience to work with different guys at different levels uh because you can have like these matches with certain people like mike bailey and there's so many others that you can mention here uh for the impact roster so that was one of the things that was kind of like that i was thinking about as i was thinking about you know frankie kazarian going out there and having this match with mike bailey um but thank you so much to lake for getting us started with our first super chat of the day we got a couple of humper chats that i'm going to go ahead and pull up Uh, This one is from Bullet for Life who says, Last night's show was my first Impact pay-per-view. Amazing show, but some confusing booking. How did the crowd sound on TV? Because we seemed loud in person. Um, one of the things that I will say about this, Stephen, and you can go ahead and chime in, is that I loved the way that Impact Wrestling lit their crowd for Bound for Glory because they had a crowd, so it's like like it up, and they did. Uh, it looked really good. Some of the camera work seemed a little bit different to me. I don't know if maybe it's just in my head, but it did seem... Uh, the camera work just seemed a little bit more, uh, leveled as well. Uh, how did you feel about the presentation?
2: I thought it was great. Uh, you know, and they had a great turnout, you know, it looked, it looked full and it looked like a nice building. And, you know, my brother was watching part of the show with me and he's not the biggest wrestling fan, but he watches a lot of it by association, by being around me. And he's really quick to call out when like, there's no one there. He'll be like, Oh, this is, uh, you know, that's kind of rough. No one showed up. But last night he was like, dude, nice turnout for this, you know, like, and I, and I think that gets even the casual fans a little bit more excited when they see like there's people there and the people are excited and they're into it. Like it looks good. Um, So as far as that goes, uh, that that's what I'd say about that. Um, To the other side of this super or this Humper chat rather um, bullet for life Um, welcome to watching impact wrestling and get used to this because there's going to be a lot of confusing booking along the way. When you watch impact wrestling they, I've been watching Impact Wrestling since their first shows of uh, when they were TNA, NWA TNA, um, out of the asylum in Nashville. And uh, I used to watch those off of Kazan, Limewire. Uh, that's how old I am. I uh, used to have to use the, those kind of means to watch these kind of shows, uh, the weekly pay per views. And in Bro, I used
1: uh, to buy the DVDs at FYE.
2: Hell yeah. I've, I've still got like the best of the X Division DVDs and like all that kind of stuff. And like, so, um, and my point is, I, I've been, I've been, uh, a fan of this product you know for decades at this point and there's a lot of very confusing booking you're going to see pretty consistently but they consistently have really solid talent like they have good matches especially on big shows so i would say continue to give impact a chance but just don't get too attached to getting upset when your favorite wrestlers don't like it's gonna be it's hard to explain like we've we went through it with willie mack for a long time me and you um ace austin and chris bay weren't even on the show you know like you know so i i get frustrated too with some of the booking but they got a lot of talent they do ha- they, they do have good shows so i hope you enjoyed the show um uh, bullet for life and thanks for the humper chat
1: Thank you very much. And once again, guys, if you want to help keep this show funded, keep us going, uh, please send in a humper chat, send in a super chat, and we will make sure to pull those up here today. Um, but either way, a great start into uh, Bound for Glory. And they kept it going with this next match because we had Mia Yim versus Mickey James. And obviously, we know that Mickey James is doing her last rodeo thing where next match she loses, she's gone, right? Um, first and foremost, I freaking love this concept for multiple reasons. Like, one, she's still going out there and proving that she can go like she is go- she mickey james is having better matches than so many other people like it is nuts to see uh, some of the stuff that she does in there and she just does everything like very very fob Flawlessly, uh, she can still go. Like, she's one of those people where I'm like, how hasn't Mickey James's skills not been transferred into any sort of like coaching or mentoring role? Like, if I'm any promotion, I would be like, Mickey James is the person that I want helping, you know, elevate my women's division. Um, but on top of that, what I particularly like about this whole concept is that she's proving like, she doesn't just want to wrestle, but she wants to wrestle with a purpose. Like, I either get to the championship or, you know, I go home, that sort of thing. So I love that you go out there and you have Mickey James wrestling every single match like, like it's her last, right? It gives it a lot of purpose, but this was legitimately just a very well-wrestled match. Very happy to finally see Mia Yim get these opportunities that uh, – Unfortunately, we weren't seeing with her prior uh, this was very very smooth and um, there was a moment that I really liked in this match Steven and it was something so simple but it looked so uh, devastating was there was a moment where Mickey James was holding on to the ropes and Mia Yam pulled her leg from behind her and kind of caused her to do like this really awkward splits. Don't ask me why, but I really <laughs> loved how that looked. We had some be- a beautiful suplex from Mia Yim that she did. Some great work there. Uh, but in the end, we do end up seeing Mickey James win with the DDT. Uh, how did you feel about this match? And how did you feel um, so far about what you've been seeing with Mia Yim and your thoughts on Mickey James's last rodeo?
2: So, I mean, I thought this was solid, it, it, you know, I would, and which I would expect out of these two, you know, Mickey James, like you said, she's been great for decades and Mia Yim in my opinion is doing the best work of her career right now. um I really believe that. I think since coming to impact, she's like really upped her value um, across like the whole wrestling landscape and, and she's a free agent now. Right. So like, that's um I think that was the end of her. I don't want to like misquote but I'm pretty sure it's like public knowledge. Right. That was, this is like it for her and impact. I'm pretty sure Mia Yim. Um, someone confirm that? Can you confirm that? Am I? Am so, I, I know Sean
1: up? had that on Fightful Select. He basically put it, and I'm not quoting this verbatim, but he basically said, uh, I think it was this week that her contract okay. looks to be up, something along those lines.
2: So I mean, so unless Impact's gonna, you know, lock her in, which I, which they'd be smart to do, I think any company would be smart to. Um, she's gonna, I, you know, I, I guess my point is she she really raised her value. I think after leaving WWE, coming to Impact, and now she's in a really good position because whether she wants to stay in impact where she can have success as either like a knockouts champion or potentially a world champion level wrestler, because in impact they'll do intergender wrestling. And we're going to talk a lot about that when we get to Masha and, uh, and Jordan, but um, like, so she so could make have a really bright future and impact if she stays there. But I also think that AEW is going to be really interested. And I think that WWE is going to be really interested and, I think with that's going to come a lot of money and a lot of opportunity, you know, and I just think that there's we'll a very see. good chance, you know, I, I'm just saying like, if I'm Mia Yim, I'm listening to all my options, but no matter where she winds up, I think she's going to, she's going to do well because um, she, I think she really reproved herself. Um, once again, her WWE run, like that's not her fault. It was like the book. Yeah. She
1: didn't get a chance. She, she never, really, like,
2: right. But like she, she went out there and reminded people why she was so good with it, with this didn't impact in my opinion. Um, so I'm looking forward to the future of Mia and, uh, and I'm with you about Mickey, you know, I, I know that she had a big hand in like the NWA empowered show and all that kind of stuff. But I do think Mickey would be really well served as like a long term, you know, coach or, or some men- or mentor. I mean, I'm sure she already is a mentor in a lot of ways to a lot of right. the women, but, but like in an official um, status, right? I know what you mean. So, um, so yeah, no, th- this was for what it was, it, it was solid Two two legit professionals doing their thing. So
1: and we kept it going with some more uh, women's action. Right after this, we got into the Knockouts Championship match. We had uh, Taya and Jessica, the Deaf Dolls, taking on Vex, Chelsea Green, and Deanna Purrazzo. Uh, For the titles, we did see brand-new champions uh, being crowned here with Taya and Jessica. Uh, this was a fine match. I mainly—I think what really had me here was really just, like, the— the, the the chemistry between Chelsea and Deanna has been really good. Like they play the mean girls part really well. I love how they went out there with the bridal esque, you know, type of gear that was really solid to see as well. Um, I will tell you this though. I'm not as big of a fan as the, te- of the team of Taya and Jessica as I was more so Taya and Rosemary. Uh, I personally did not, I didn't pop for the, for the title change. I didn't really have that reaction. Uh, Stephen. how did you feel about this? Did you like the title change? How did you feel about that?
2: Um, personally, I would have kept the titles on uh, Chelsea and Deanna. A lot of because of the things you just said with like their chemistry. And I think they bring more just buzz to the company, especially with like their social media presence and stuff. Chelsea, especially, because she also gets, she gets the double rub because of, Cardona. So like they, their their stuff is always blows up, you know. And I think Impact can can use that. And Chelsea's obviously very talented as well, on top of it. But my point being, like, I think you get a lot more exposure, a lot more eyes, a lot more people interested in these titles when it's Chelsea and Deanna carrying them. Um, I think Taya is one of the best wrestlers out there. She's proven that in multiple countries. Um, and you know, I think Jessica's fine as well. It just, you know, I, but it's one of those things where I was, I was. I'm in the same boat as you were. There I, just
1: wasn't much Steven.
2: And I, and I don't know why they would change the titles this fast. Cause they didn't, it's not like they have had them like a super long run or anything either. Like, you know, impact could, could use some, some title runs for some of these belts that are, you know, a little more long-term that really help establish the titles really meaning more, in my opinion. Um, but and once again, this was like a seven-minute match, so like it wasn't like it. There wasn't a whole lot to really sink your teeth into, and I didn't expect the title change. But once again, it's good to see Jessica on the show. It's good to see Rosemary out there. Good to see Taya have a match, you know, out there. But once again, I think Chelsea.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer.
1: And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba.
2: probably should have retained here personally.
1: Yeah, it felt because here's the thing. Like they're obviously, you know, giving Taya and uh, Jessica. You know, they're they're putting they're putting a lot of effort into the team. It's just that I really do think like they never. They never reached a peak with Chelsea and Deanna as a team. Right. I think there could have been just so much more that could be done there. Um, and I, yeah, I just wasn't really all that, you know, really invested in seeing Taya and uh, Jessica win the tag team titles. Like, I I kind of just had the, oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Moving I mean, on to the next did. thing
1: kind of reaction. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, if you guys had a different reaction than that, go ahead and let us know. Uh, Keep the comments going, guys. We're pulling out your guys' thoughts as we move forward with this show. Again, if you want to get your questions, comments, or statements, and just help support the show in general, and keep Steven and I coming back here for these Impact Pay-Per-View post shows, uh, please go ahead and send in a Super Chat or a Humper Chat, and we will make sure to pull those up here today. But now, let's go ahead and move on to what was another really uh, pretty damn solid match here. And we had the Motor City Machine. Machine Guns against Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, the Kingdom. Uh, Crowd was really into this match. It was just a really good, uh, fast-paced match between 2, Two teams that can work so well. And you saw that unfold throughout this entire match. I think for me, I just love the pacing of this match and just how they kept things going uh, so fast. Uh, The kingdom obviously getting the win, even though we had uh, Mike Bennett accidentally kick Maria in the face. It was a pretty good spot, Uh, but the kingdom winning with the roll up there. How did you feel about this match in general?
2: I thought it was really good. I mean, all four of these guys are like just really, really damn solid. Um, Like, I think that uh, that Shelly and Saban, like as a team and individually, are like two of the most reliable performers of, like the last couple of decades. Like you can put them in any situation: multi-man matches, singles matches, world title match, opening match, X division—it doesn't matter. Like they will deliver in every situation. Um, Mike Bennett, I think, is doing some of the best work of his career right now, um, and he's another one of those guys, similar to Mia Yim for different reasons. But ha- I feel like he really had to like kind of reprove himself. I think he's really done that since leaving WWE and with his uh, Ring of Honor run and what he's doing. And M- I think he fits really well in impact wrestling currently and like their current landscape. Matt Taven's a dude who like I always and this isn't even his fault. I always felt like Ring of Honor over pushed him in comparison to how over he actually was. So like when he was like the world champion, people just didn't get into it because he just wasn't he probably shouldn't have been based on how over he was. But he's always been really good in the ring. And I always think he's a better with, with um, Bennett than, than solo. So like, I think this is like the way to like really optimize all four of these guys is have a match like this, where they just go out there for like 15 minutes plus just kill it. The, the storytelling makes sense too, because um, the kingdom winds up retaining because of what you just mentioned with Maria gets kicked by accident that causes kind of the distraction. So Taven can get his feet up on the ropes when he's getting the pin. So like they they barely get by by cheating, um and and once again I mean there's, Shelly and Saban could lose every match and like their credibility is not going to be hindered at all because of like the status they're already at. So, um I, I I like I liked everything about this. You know I think this is a really good match and and I feel like it leaves it open for like some sort of rematch in the future because of the way this match ended.
1: Yeah, on point with you on that one too. It was honestly just. They kept it steady man. I don't know how to say but like they kept the whole like just match after match just steady and everything offered something different. And I especially love that none of the women's matches on impact wrestling feel like filler matches. No, like yeah. they feel like all of them, I'm like, I'm ready to watch each and every single one of them. And I really, really love that. So I thought the pacing uh, for the show was really great. And then we move into them showing highlights of Ravens Hall of Fame induction. Uh, They only showed highlights during the actual main show, but I know they did the full introduction on the pre-show. Tell us about that, Steven, because I didn't get to watch the pre-show.
2: So on the pre-show, you know, we had uh, Brian Myers uh, defeats Dango. So, you know, Dango big kind of impact I guess debut I can't remember him ever being a part of impact I could be wrong about that but um, with kind of a different look has like the bleach blonde hair now but looking like he's in good shape uh, myers got the win with his uh whatever he calls his uh it's like the it's the lariat uh, the the it's uh, it, it has, it's some sort of reference to getting cut uh, from the company but it, uh, I can't, someone in the chat will know his his clothesline anyways he um the roster cut that's what it's called got it um but uh, he, he got the win with that. I thought it was a solid for what it what it needed to be. And then with uh, Raven getting inducted to the Impact Hall of Fame, I think that's totally deserved. Like he's a guy who was a big part of the beginning of their company, had some really legendary stuff for them as far as like the the clockwork orange house of fun matches and stuff he would do, and his feud with CM Punk and D'Angelo De Niro and uh, him having like the impact title run and all that stuff and serotonin and all that. Like, I remember. I remember a lot of that stuff, and it, I think he meant a lot to the beginning of the company, especially because of his name value from uh WCW, WWE, and ECW. So um, and then would have you know Tommy Dreamer induct him was it makes sense. And then of course, because their rivalry will never end, Raven still. That was had to funny. Get a Yeah, that was really funny. Him. So uh so yeah, I thought for what it was, it was fine, and uh and Raven definitely deserves to be in the Impact Hall of Fame, so no problem at all with that. Cool to see. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, obviously I got to see when he did the whole thing with Tommy Jimmer, who was like, our, you know, our 28-year feud is officially ended. They hug it out, and then all of a sudden it's like, nah, bam, DDT he's gone. Uh, that was really damn funny. And then afterwards, you know, quote the Raven, nevermore. Uh so good stuff there, man. Uh, I love Raven. I've got into chat with him once, and it was such a great uh conversation with him because he's a very interesting guy like i don't know how else to describe him he's a very interesting fella uh, we got a super chat here from sheldon jackson who says uh this match kind of gave away the main event for me i thought if the ogk lost then uh eddie would win and vice versa how did, do you agree with this do you kind of feel the same way or did you not, feel the same way
2: not necessarily only because i didn't i had very very little um what's the right word faith I guess I don't know I don't mean to sound that serious but like the I, I really didn't think Eddie Edwards was going to leave as the champion tonight right. so like so, the, so the, the outcome of this really didn't have much bearing on that Um, but I do understand the line of thinking of you know if if honor no more is going to be like taking over the company step one would be to win those titles you know in this or, you know retain 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 these and then uh, um, Eddie would end the night if, if that is what the super chat is is asking but anyway I guess I guess thank thank you for the super chat, but I, I this didn't really make any any kind of difference as far as you weren't expecting,
1: expecting a title change regardless, right? Exactly. Yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. All right. Well, now let's get into what I think is going to be probably one of the most interesting uh, things to talk about on today's show, and that was the Call Your Shot Gauntlet Battle Royal. So obviously, whoever wins gets to cash it in anytime. Real quick. Yes.
2: All right. Is this does this have anything to, anything to do with the thing you didn't like about the show?
1: We'll see. We'll see, okay, Stephen. We'll see. Okay.
2: Because okay. I'm about to say <laughs> no one, There was one There was one glaring thing about this show that I didn't like. Also, that I think. You okay. I think on. we're on but the anyway. same page yeah. here. I think
1: we're yeah. on the same page here. I feel yeah. your vibe, man. I feel your vibe. <laughs> All right. So. You know, obviously in recent years, they've kind of, uh, I feel leveled up to call your shot gauntlet, like really, you know, obviously last year with Moose winning and then cashing it, uh, cashing it in to, uh, you know, on the same night to for uh, against Josh Alexander. That was great. Prior to that, we had Rhino cashing it in to get the tag team title uh, with Joe Doring, but that was like months after, but regardless, it still happened. Um. All right. So this one, first and foremost, I want to start off by saying that I thought They had a lot of really good names in this match, like, you know, Rich Swann, uh, Joe Hendry, very happy to see him, Macklin, Moose, uh, so many good names, I think, with a lot of people that I was, uh, Eric Young, so many people that I was like, all right, I could see this person winning, hell yeah. And instantly, my pick for this was Steve Macklin. Personally, I thought that uh, Steve Macklin, uh, given that he just, you know, won the barbed wire massacre match, he be- he beat Moose in a singles match. It felt to me like the next logical step to have the guy win the uh, the, co- the the gauntlet. So I'm thinking, okay, this is where. We're probably going to end up uh, during this match. We saw some really um, fun moments. Some of which I want to bring up are regarding Johnny Slinger, because he came out doing the WrestleMania three entrance. And then he did the Andre the Giant spot on Savannah. Uh, I liked all of the little spots that they did with Savannah right when she got in there. Like when PCO and Savannah were like choking each other. I thought that was pretty good too. We saw Matt Cardona come back from uh, injury and we ended up seeing Bully Ray come out. Um, that was a little bit unexpected. He comes out. Tommy Dreamer comes out. Uh, we have Taylor Wilde d- taking the spot of Devon. And it leads to this moment where she, like, jumps up on Bubba Ray. And she's, like, you know, having this moment with Bully Ray. I, said Bubba, I go back and forth between Bubba and Bully. Uh, yeah. But so she has this moment with him. And it leads to this, like, kissing spot. And then you're, like, okay sure I guess didn't really it wasn't really needed in this particular moment but whatever um the final four guys we had bully we had Bobby Fish we had uh Steve Macklin and Rich Swan and let me tell you the two people that I thought okay obviously I already wanted Macklin to win and if it wasn't Macklin I would have gone with Rich Swan (sighs) Macklin had a really great elimination where he eliminated Swan I thought that was a really cool elimination But the final two ended up being Bully Ray and Steve Macklin and Bully Ray won this. And I'm going to be completely honest with you and with everybody here. I did not like this. I thought this sucked. I thought this sucked so bad. I was like, why? Why? The story was there with Steve Macklin. The story was there. I already mentioned everything, you know, that he has been doing. Why Bully Ray? I'm sorry. This for me was not a win. It was a miss and I did not care for it. Uh, There was hardly no reaction, maybe like a couple of like generous applauses, but I didn't think this was needed. Legitimately, I didn't think this was needed. I think that they were doing such a great job with what they'd been doing in recent, uh, you know, months with Steve Macklin that, like I said, it felt like the next logical step for Steve Macklin uh, to win this. Start thoughts, Steven.
2: Yeah, no, I I feel you. I think I think a lot of people agree. Um, especially when like, not only did Bully Ray win this match, where was Trey Miguel? Where was Ace Austin? Where was Chris Bay? Like these guys weren't even on the show, and dude. Like,
1: and here's and, the thing, like, okay, they're, they're, we're just kind of like in a point right now where the Impact has so many guys, right? Like all those guys that you just mentioned, where we don't technically need Bully Ray, or Tommy Dreamer, you know, in this situation.
2: Yeah. Just Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's just kind of a weird message to send to like the people that are like busting their asses for you year over year that just continually, you know, feel like they're right on the brink of like breaking out. And then there's like, well, we can't, there's no spot in the main event right now because we got, we got to bring bully Ray in, you know, it's like, who's like really clamoring to see that, you know what I mean? It's just like, there is like this really strange, I will say this. Well, do you want to get into the? We're gonna. We'll Should have we to just talk incorporated?
1: About yeah, let's not talk about the Eddie Edwards yeah. Josh Alexander match per se just yet. but yeah. we, we let's talk about the uh the post stuff that happened with Bully Ray and Josh Alexander. We'll throw it in with, with this as well. With
2: this, with Bully yeah. Ray now. Okay. Yeah. So, so for those of
1: you wondering, after the Josh Alexander, Eddie Edwards match, uh, we'll talk more in depth about that match later on. But uh, we did obviously have Josh Alexander win. And afterwards, we did have Bully Ray come out. And he's looking to be uh, the next challenger for uh, Josh Alexander, right?
2: Okay. Yes. So, so. I think that there is something interesting to a degree about seeing like this old grizzled version of bully Ray, like in Josh Alexander's face. Cause like he looks so much older than him, but it's like, he is kind of intimidating. still. you're kind of like, damn, this guy kind of sounds like he still believes what he's saying here. The only thing I'll say about that really is that, as long as alexander retains which you know i don't think anyone ever has like with the call your shot gauntlet i think it's always been they've always won after cashing that in so like if if the story here is alexander is the first person to like overcome someone cashing in that gauntlet trophy and he beats bully ray like i think we're okay still but like it just once again it's a weird message to send when you're bringing in bully ray for this who once again like i mean he's doing stuff on like nwa with like really no buzz behind it i think he does great with like the radio shows and stuff like but i just don't i don't see the value in bringing in bully ray if you want more people to tune into impact wrestling to see josh alexander's title defenses because josh alexander's operating on this like insanely high level right now as well so like like why why bring in bully ray and have this like character-based story when like you could once again i'm biased because i bring up a lot of these guys but let's just say trey miguel okay like just elevate trey miguel for a few months and just have a banger between him and josh alexander for the title that's going to bring way more goodwill and in the right kind of eyes to your company versus like you know i just don't i just don't think it makes any sense to have bully Ray be your number one contender for the impact title right now especially with the run that alexander's on right now just having incredibly great matches
1: Right and I mean, I know that you know Josh Alexander's gonna has a great can have a great match with anybody, right for sure, but for sure. so i I do think the match will be it'll be gr- it'll be great, right? I mean, there hasn't been any match that Josh Alexander has had that's been bad, so there's no indication of him having a bad match to be honest. so I know the match is not gonna be bad uh because you know Josh Alexander and we'll talk about this more in the main event is a really good freaking storyteller uh man, there's just so much there to grab a hold of it's just that. It really feels like this was, man, like this was just like thrown in there and let's make this, you know, be a thing when it didn't really need to be a thing. So right. I did kind of feel a little bit like, oh, man, you know, this was really, uh, to me, it felt like a miss. I thought that the closing of the show with Bully Ray and Josh Alexander kind of had the, well, bound for glory's over, womp, womp, kind yeah. of uh, reaction instead of like, yeah you know I'm feeling pumped let's go I didn't have that reaction at the closing of the show
2: yeah I think I think I, I agree with you and I feel like a lot of people felt that way as well and and I'm with you by the way too about Macklin I would have had him win this thing he the way that they have built his credibility and like it would make I and mean, once again another just banger match between him and Alexander it makes perfect sense and if not the wild card for me was Bobby Fish just because like I love hearing what this guy's been doing on his social media. His I don't think I would have wanted lately. Bobby Fish I, either. I mean, I, I mean they would
1: have had a pretty decent match, but uh, this, this I don't think I would have wanted that lately.
2: one either. Yeah, this dude, this dude has been popping me lately. I'm not gonna lie. Well, they funny. had to say
1: they were chanting. The crowd was chanting CM Punk to Bobby Fish.
2: Mm-hmm. I kind that was of, pretty well, hilarious. i of seen Bobby Fish on all that, but we don't need to get into all that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think that. I think that Steve Macklin would have been a, a home run of a pick for this. So I, so that's also, once again, it's like the extra salt in the wound. Not only did Bully Ray win, which is like something no one really wanted, like all these other people didn't win that like could have had this big opportunity, you know?
1: Yes, uh, completely agree. Well, we'll see where they continue on with this, especially, uh, you know, so many of the people that were in this match, right? Uh, but yeah, they really should have had Steve Macklin win this one. I'm just going to say that. Uh, Philly 76 sends in a super chat. Thank you so much for helping support the show. Philly says the shame is that the call your shot gauntlet was probably the best one they've done, but that ending fell so flat with bully winning. should have been Macklin. I mean, Philly 76 come host the show because he got it all perfectly down in like (sighs) two sentences. Uh, I I agree with all of this. It it was a very entertaining uh, battle Royal gauntlet. It, It was phenomenal. It was fun. A lot of great moments.
2: My, my favorite moment was actually i forgot to mention but it was one of the swinger moments because i loved when they did the ecw thing where dreamer rhino and uh and bully all did like the fist bump and swinger got in on it too because like he is an ecw original people forget but like he he was there wrestling in the original ecw so it made sense he'd be in on that but then they were all like come on man you don't really count anymore like this tossing right out I, I love that spot
1: yeah agreed agreed uh thank you so much to philly 76 once again guys if you want to get your question your comment your statement your rant uh your hot take whatever it is uh read on this show and also help support us and keep us going man keep us coming back here uh please make sure to send in a super chat or a humper chat and we will be pulling those up but now let's get into what was a phenomenal match match that uh I was really looking forward to and I will say that it definitely delivered and that was Masha Slamovich versus Jordan Grace for the knockouts championship as we know the story is you know Masha Slamovich has been on an undefeated streak they have really built her up to be this monster uh really they've been doing a really great job with her character period okay but Jordan Grace jordan gray is this one tough mother effort right like she ain't somebody to like you know she ain't no underdog by any means okay she's a badass in her own right so what you had here was really these two alpha females going at it in this match um all right some of the things i want to highlight first of all shout out because masha did the bull nakano um makeup that she did uh, love that uh, i love how this was. Instantly, from the very top, you saw them work in such an aggressive manner, where like everything they were doing was like, you know, very, very heavy. Where uh, there was a moment where uh, Masha did the double stomp onto the stomach of Jordan Grace, and even just something that simple, it had an extra, t- an extra added layer of rage thrown into it uh, they did a very fun little sequence where they had uh, a chop exchange that morphed into a slap exchange that morphed into them doing a spinning uh back uh fist to each other that brought them both down uh i love the way that uh she locked in the bulldog ch- choke to jordan that was really great stuff there too um a lot of really awesome moments there was uh, a certain point where the crowd was chanting to Jordan grace. You can't beat her. Yes, she can. And I loved that chant because it just felt so in line with the story that you're telling with both of these women here. Uh, There was a moment where Masha finally got the snowplow, and she had been trying to get it throughout the entire match, but you know, just, you know, Jordan was avoiding it and she finally got it. But, where she did it in the ring basically led to Jordan Grace when Masha, when Masha tried to get the cover and try to get the win after that. It was in a spot where Jordan Grace landed so closely to the ropes that her foot was right underneath the ropes. So she pretty much got lucky and saved herself by not uh, losing that match because of where she landed and the, the proximity of the execution of the move so closely to the ropes, right? Finally, you know, they continue on. The finish, we had off the second rope, Jordan Grace, do the Grace driver, and it was insane. It was insane. I loved the way it was executed, loved the way that it looked, and she defeated Masha Slamovich. Now, I'm just gonna start off by saying this, Steven. I freaking loved this match. I love the story that they basically told, like, Masha had it in the bag. She had it in the bag. It was just luck that saved Jordan Grace during that moment. And here's the thing. If you're going to have Jordan Grace defeat Masha Slamovich in this moment where a lot of people thought that she was going to become champion, you got to do it in a big, impactful way. And that finish was impactful. Like That's something that you could definitely believe would keep Masha Slamovich down. Uh, thoughts on this, Steven?
2: This was fantastic. This match absolutely ruled um there was one very small uh hiccup right at the beginning where like, it was like uh jordan went for like the thing like outside the ring like through the ropes but so she went for like this kick that just didn't really land outside of that this match oh, yeah was, that was
1: at the very top yeah. at the
2: very very beginning. The very top outside of that and the only reason i even bring that up right now is because i think the rest of this match was perfect like, this was a perfect match i love this um, and I didn't want to call it a perfect match and not mention the one thing because I know people right. would say, hey, well, there's that one thing. Steven, outside you didn't of that pay one pay attention. Little thing,
1: You're terrible. Yes. Outside <laughs> of that
2: one little thing that had no <laughs> ramifications on the, on the match whatsoever. Like the match was perfect. Um, y'all can go back. I've been doing the Fightful Select Weekender podcast over on Select for about four years now. Every episode, probably for four years, I've said Jordan Grace is one of the best wrestlers in the world. She should be the knockouts champion. She should be the world champion so on and so forth especially since around uh covid uh era like i've been really high on masha slamovich as well i think both of these women legitimately could be the impact like just world champion like their the talent is there they could wrestle anybody um masha which what masha does on the independence as well is super impressive like she's so damn good um these women are incredible like these are these are like if you're impact wrestling and you have access to these two women like you make them two massive stars in your company. You can just keep pushing them. Like just keep put like, cause there'll be times where Jordan will be kind of lost in the mix sometimes, or like they don't really know what to do with her for a little while right now where they have her, keep her there, whether she's the world champion or she's the X division champion or, or the knockout champion, like just always have something high profile for her to do. Cause at this point, when you tune into an impact pay-per-view, you're guaranteed two things. You're guaranteed a, a, Banger from Jordan Grace, you're guaranteed a banger from Josh Alexander. So, like, I think that's a way to market your shows to the, the kind of audience you want watching Impact Wrestling. Like, get people buzzing about this. Like, you legitimately need to go out of your way to watch Jordan Grace versus Watch M- M- Slamovich. It was an incredible match. Um, especially if you know anybody out there who might be skeptical for some reason still about women's wrestling. Show them this match and be like, tell me this isn't as good as anything else you're going to watch. Like, this was so good. And I have, I'm totally fine with Jordan winning. I'd have been totally fine with Masha winning. Masha kept all of her credibility based on what you just said. Like the only reason she didn't win was because of where Jordan where Jordan landed in the ring when she hit the snowplow. She even hit her with the uh, with the Dude Buster on the outside on the apron at one point, like head first. I mean, this I I love this match. I thought this was incredible. Bravo to both women. Like I'll watch this. You put them on pay per view, the two of them against each other. I'll watch it every time. And I hope this is more of a series than anything else. But if not, like, once again, because of Impact's willingness to do intergender wrestling, Masha can literally just pivot to wrestling men in, like, the world title mix right now. Like, she's that good. You know, Jordan can go off to be a double end
1: Mickey. J- I think she's going to be the one to defeat Mickey James. Like, that's my prediction yeah. right now. Is is I, that what you're feeling?
2: I, I honestly think that either Masha Slamovich or Jordan Grace will be the one to beat Josh Alexander eventually. I think it'll be one of those two. So, that's how I think of both of them.
1: All righty, and we did get a super chat here from Drewski, Mister Fifteen. Thank you so much to Drewski. I didn't send in a comment, but uh, if he wants to send in a comment, we'll make sure to pull that up. But thank you so much to Drewski uh, for sending in this super chat. Uh, regardless, really, thank you very much. Um, all right, so yeah, I do think that Masha is going to be the one to uh, maybe because that would that would give Masha so ma- so much to be the one yeah. to essentially, you know close out like James's career, right? Like that yeah. would be crazy. Uh and here's this is what makes me excited. Like this is what makes me like I like that even though I went into this match thinking like, you know what, this is going to be Masha Slamovich's uh, moment to become knockout champion. This is it. I loved that they didn't do it because it's not like Jordan Grace isn't a great champion, right? Right. And it's not like Jordan Grace is not believable as champion, right? She's all of those things. She's uh, she's everything you could possibly want in a champion. So to me, it makes me excited that we have multiple people that you're like, oh shit, like it can go either way. Like this is freaking cool, right? Like it's yes. not just like, oh, this was this person's time and this is it and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't feel like that whatsoever, So I think that's like really the cool thing where you're you're excited about both of their journeys, both Jordans and Masha's. So we got everybody in the chat literally just saying that this was a great match. Uh, This was a banger of a match. And I completely agree with everybody here that said that really, Um, really good stuff there. All right, before we close out, everybody, uh, we got one more match to talk about, and that is obviously the main event. But before we go, uh, we do have to go ahead and uh, let's take a quick uh, shout-out over to our Blue Chew sponsors. Hello.
0: Is your penis limp? Would you like it to be erect? Fortunately, BlueChew.com and the code Fightful is going to help you out an awful lot. Maybe you're having trouble with that. Maybe. You just want the confidence. Well, bluechew.com and the code FIGHTFUL is right for you. Free. Your first order is free. You just pay $5 shipping. There, there are a few other steps you go through. You consult with the online physician. If approved, it ships straight to your door in a discreet package. But your first shipment is free with the code FIGHTFUL. It's got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work but they work on your schedule or whenever you're not ready and you want to be ready, whenever the mood arises. It's in a chewable form, very easy, very simple. Help yourself out. Give yourself that confidence with bluechew.com and the code FIGHTFUL.
1: Alrighty. And then Drewski did send in a comment saying, my bad. Also, Grace and Masha was match of the night. Thank you so much to uh, Drewski, Mr. 15 for sending in some uh, for comments following up on the super chat. All right. So, uh, all right, let's get into this uh, main event because this was a pretty, I don't know how long this match was. How long was this match? It was a lengthy one.
2: 28 minutes is what I have.
1: Okay. All right. Got it. Yeah. It was good though. All right. So we had Eddie Edwards versus Josh Alexander uh, for the Impact World Championship. And all right. So pretty much what we got here, like the general gist of the story is literally Josh Alexander, Alexander wanting to out-wrestle Eddie Edwards because, you know, Eddie Edwards is... You know, he's a guy that literally worked his way up in the NOAA dojo. He is the only American to hold the GHC title. Uh, you know, got trained by some of the freaking best. Marafuji, uh, Masawa, uh, Kobashi, you know, just to name a few of those people. So I loved that that was, you know, Josh Alexander is a champion that wants to keep proving to himself over and over. So him wanting to out-wrestle Eddie Edwards just kind of shows like the kind of champion that Josh Alexander is. And then obviously going in line with the story of all of this is Eddie Edwards is obviously you know basically trying to get the win with whatever means necessary because that's what he's currently that's the that's what he's currently doing with this character with Honor No More. Like, that's his um, where he's at right now. But regardless, that, like, former GHD champion is still inside of Eddie Edwards. So I loved that we kind of saw this play out in the story of this match. Like, that's the thing about uh, Josh Alexander matches is that there is a really nice story that you get to follow. On top of that, there were some really awesome moments. One of which I want to shout out is obviously that running Alabama slam just because it looks so freaking brutal. Uh, the suplexes from uh, from Josh to Eddie were freaking great, um, especially when he wouldn't let go outside the ring yeah. and then eventually, I think the last one was on the ramp. Yeah. Uh, really good stuff there. There was a moment where he hit the C4, but Taven and Bennett came out and essentially helped out Eddie Edwards by pulling his leg and basically saving him from the three count. Then we see Kenny Ke- Kenny. Ke- come in and he low blows uh, Josh Alexander and I'm thinking oh god please don't let it end this way I'm not ready Um, but eventually we end up seeing Eddie hit the shining wizard he goes for the pin but josh kicks out so that got a really great reaction from the crowd as well uh josh gets busted open at one point after i think he took a knee to the face and there was a very very gruesome visual of him literally face forward on the mat In and i think commentary said it best he was lying in a pool of his own blood because it was kind of kind of crazy to see how much blood was coming out of uh, his nose um Finally, we see Josh Alexander have this moment where he like snaps and just starts like slapping the hell out of Eddie Edwards. That was really good. And finally, for the win, uh, he hits that C4 spike and he wins this match. He retains the title. We already mentioned earlier about Bully Ray essentially coming out afterwards and confronting him. But let's talk about the body of this match. Uh Steven, how did you feel about Eddie Edwards versus Josh Alexander?
2: Another banger. I mean, these are just back-to-back, just match of the year candidate level matches in my opinion like the the kind of thing that if you are on the fence about being a fan of impact and supporting their product like i will always say to watch their especially their big four pay-per-views each year like because you get matches like this that are even their fantastic. little
1: ones we watch them they're yeah, so we watch the impact
2: plus, plus shows still wind up being very good as well um absolutely um but you know the uh, on a show like this you know bound for glory is their biggest show of the year and like they they're they gonna have a lot of eyes on them and i mean here's the thing once again i said it a little earlier i didn't think eddie Edwards was going to win this match coming into it but there was that one point when honor no more came out after alexander hit the c4 spike and you know you just talked about it they they came out to the ring and um he hit the boston knee party on him and i think that's what might have caused the 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 nose break maybe because it looks like he got him pretty good with it and uh and i was like if I there's was any scared
1: to see what he was gonna look like when he when we got like a better view of him coming up. I was like, "Oh my God, his nose is gonna be hanging off his face."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that, that was a that was a real one. I mean, I would imagine broken nose at the least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, but it was one of those things where like he hit that Boston knee party, and I was like, <clears throat> "If Eddie is gonna win this match, this would be it." You know, and I was like, "They did get me for a second, even though I came into it thinking like there's no way." they did a good job of like making me believe there actually was a chance that Eddie was going to win there at certain points in the match, which I have to give them credit for. I think that's, the think that's, uh, like, that's a credit of like a really good match and really good storytelling. If you, if you know something that's like pretty, if you have a pretty good feeling of something that, like before the match is going to happen, but they still do a good job of like convincing you otherwise, like that's really, really well done. Um, and so and and here's the thing i'll I'll never question eddie edwards in ring ability he's always been great but we've i've just seen it for so many years him being like in kind of the same spot and impact and it's similar to what we were talking about earlier i just want to see them doing more with the people that they that they don't use because they always wind up leaving and going other places and it's like i want to see them reach their potential in this company but that said eddie edwards is very very he's ultra reliable in a situation like this in the main event of their biggest show it makes sense con- considering you know what he means to the company the match was very i mean it was, this was honestly just i have some personal bias because like i have been such a longtime fan of jordan and masha and wanting to see them in this kind of spot for so long like that's my match of the night but like i completely understand if somebody were to say alexander and edwards and i think there's not a wrong answer there which is great for the end of this pay-per-view to have I these two
1: I, I got to be real with you. I think my match of the night was Frankie Kazari and Mike Bailey. And,
2: well, and here's the thing, like it, that style of match too. I, I'm, I'm really high on that kind of wrestling. I love that kind of stuff. And um, I totally understand that line of thinking too. That match was a complete banger as well. Um, it just wasn't as long. You know, if that match would have won like 20 minutes and they kept going, mm-hmm. I think we'd be definitely talking about that in the same light as well. Um, is, is Josh Alexander coming out of this show? Is he still, like, your your number one, like, go-to? Oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. He's,
1: like, the best champion going around right now, period. Like, his work that he's been doing has just been ridiculously consistent. And you – I don't know how to explain it, but I just feel like – I feel smarter coming out of his matches. <laughs> this doesn't yeah, – I don't know how so to good. describe that. But I feel like watching Josh Alexander wrestle and put a match together – really just makes me feel like oh shit like i'm just seeing things in a different light you know i'm in another universe type of thing yeah <laughs> i don't know how else to explain that
2: no no and and he is his presentation is different he's just a very just credible professional wrestler there's really and you don't need to be anything more than that when you're him like if you just keep having these kind of matches it doesn't matter if you're just wearing a singlet and headgear and like if we don't even know that much about i mean i, I know they've incorporated his family into storylines and stuff but like I don't even need to know anything about him, honestly. Like, just keep having matches like this, keep showing up. And I can get behind a guy just being a fantastic, talented in-ring professional wrestler that nobody can figure out how to beat. Like, that's, I'm all, I'm I'm all for it. And that's why both of us, I think I can speak for you a little bit here. That's why both of us are a little concerned with why they would go with Bully Ray next. Because I don't know what kind of match. Once again, Josh Alexander is going to well, have a great match. i like, 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 like
1: a hardcore match, something along those lines, yeah. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm sure. Once again, I'm sure it'll deliver, but it's just one of those things where that's why we get skeptical. Cause we're like, okay, couldn't you just like, couldn't it just be Trey Miguel next? Couldn't it be Ace Austin next? Couldn't it be, you know, whoever next, like just keep have keep letting Josh, I to just keep doing this with people. But, um, but no, here's the thing. I bet you, I bet you in a few months when me and you talk next, right here on the, uh, the next pay-per-view post show, which, is that the one in Atlanta in January? I might be at that live.
1: Oh, okay. Well, um, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Anyway,
2: next time we talk about this, I bet you we're talking about how Josh Alexander versus Bully Ray over-delivered. I bet you. Because <laughs> know, we, do, we do it with all of this. Like, we're always like, it'll probably be okay. Then we come on here and we're like, that ruled, you know. So like,
1: well, that's the thing with Josh Alexander. You're gonna get a good match regardless. Yes. You'll have a good match with my water bottle. Let's be real. <laughs>
2: <laughs> for, sure, for sure. Now, Bully Ray is more talented than our water bottles. I want to give Bully yes, Ray some of here. It's not like I'm some giant Bully Ray hater. I just don't understand the the idea of bringing him in instead of pushing other people. But once again, I do think that I think the match is gonna be it's gonna be fine. It's gonna it's once again we will talk about how it over delivered next time we talk about it. I promise.
1: We got a super chat here from Philly 76. It says that the match was awesome. Great commentary. Add so much and did great commentary throughout the yep. entire night. Um, good stuff all around, man. Uh, Philly 76, thank you so much for sending in this super chat. All right. So, That is a wrap for our show here today, Bound for Glory 2022. Uh, I want to thank you guys so much for coming in. If you watch live or you're watching the replay of this, seriously, we appreciate your support. If you haven't already, uh, multiple things. Head on over to FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe, man! It, it's such a great service. You get so many uh scoopsies out. Oh, I think Sean's been saying it. I don't even know. Uh, but go there. Uh, get yourself. Uh, it's only five dollars. Get yourself. Make sure you're in the know. Subscribe to Fightful Select. On top of that, if you haven't subscribed to this channel here, there are literally streams every single day at this point. I can't even keep track with the schedule. Uh, if you want to be up to date with everything going on in pro wrestling, make sure you guys are subscribed here on the YouTube. YouTube channel. As for myself, I will be live later on today uh, on my channel to do the WWE Watch Along for Extreme Rules. Then later tonight, I will be back with uh, Sean to do an Extreme Rules uh, review show. Uh, but before we go, Steven, let the people know where they can give you some love.
2: Wait, know, uh, before I do that, I will. Uh, can you pull? Can you pull up Joel Pearl's chat real quick? I'm not logged in. Yes, correctly. here it is. There you go. Make sure y'all, Cressa uh, and Joel, every Thursday. 10 10 p.m eastern right after impact wrestling um check that out if you like impact wrestling they do it every single thursday um so go support them right here on this channel youtube.com slash fightful as far as the stuff that i've got going on uh tomorrow fightful select weekend or podcast i'm always covering the world of independent pro wrestling as well as uh some like various stuff that doesn't get covered that often like um like nxt level up and that kind of stuff um yeah dude hey it's for for what it for what that show is meant to be, but it's funny, it's such a contrast from the stuff I normally watch, but it's uh for what that show is meant to be, I think people sleep on it. They actually don't
1: you also do NWA.
2: I do NWA, I do MLW when it's in season, all that stuff, yeah. So um, so yeah, check it out on the Fightful Select Weekend Air podcast. Tomorrow we'll be pretty heavy on reviewing GCW. So we got the big show coming up in like two hours. We got Mox versus Nick Gage. I am so pumped up for this match um so yeah i will the, the majority of tomorrow's weekend or podcast will probably be me reviewing gcw show from today um we cover ga- game changer wrestling all the time uh jcw their sister promotion all this stuff y'all got over there I cover west coast pro um i cover the stuff in the southeast southern underground pro sci all that stuff action whatever whatever is going on in the indies I, I like to cover it so check it out fightfulselect.com and check out the spotlight every thursday myself and jeremy lambert that's 9 30 a.m eastern time Um, every single Thursday on this channel as well, youtube.com slash Fightful. Follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore.
1: All righty, guys. Thank you so much for watching this video. Leave a thumbs up and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everyone.